Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of If We Can Just Say. As always, I am your host, Jessica Carter-Ogle, and with me, as always, again, is my husband, Stephen Ogle. She says again, like, ugh, Because I had just said as always. I said as always twice. Like, <sighs> I think I'd be better at this. Like, I got this this, this clown over here again. Sorry. Yes. Like, sorry, folks. Yes. This guy. Again. This guy. Yeah. yeah. Hey, everybody. Hi, everybody. <clears throat> We are recording on Memorial Day, so I want to wish a happy Ooh. Memorial Day to everyone. Yep. Take a moment to recognize all those that lost their lives fighting for this country, yep. fighting for us. We are very thankful for that. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a polarizing time, as everyone knows, and it's funny because yesterday we went to my parent. Oh, was that yesterday? No, that was Saturday. I'm still recovering. If you guys listened to my la- our last podcast, I'm still trying to get it together. Um, <laughs> Saturday, we went to my parents for Memorial Day. There was a wrestling pay-per-view. We ate some food, you know, all the stuff. And before we left, I had, like, some outfit on, whatever, no big deal. And Steven had on, like, a blue and red shirt. It's one of his wrestlers, but he's like, well, I'm wearing it today because it's patriotic. And I was like are you patriotic? Are we patriotic? Like, I don't. And he's like, I can be proud of where I, the country I am from and still not be happy about what's happening here. And it was like, so obvious, but just like a light bulb moment for me. Like I am proud to be from America. I do like America. I like a lot of the things that it was founded on. Some are awful and we've gotten away from them. And sadly things are coming back and it's kind of crazy, but I am proud of America. I am proud, you know, to support and remember on today the people who fought to give us what we have. It's crazy how radicalized some of this stuff has become and how extreme it has become to the point where, like, I feel like if I were to fly the flag, I'd be, like, some extreme, like, right-wing person trying to take my rights away like somehow they've bogarted the flag for their like extremist purposes and if you are on the other side then you're anti-american yeah they've kind of they've taken um they've taken what was a uh a joyful thing to have which was flying our flag and being uh patriotic and being a a cool thing yeah and, and and you know awesome to turning it into something that's like politically charged yeah they've almost weaponized it yeah yeah it's like for and and and, and like you said if you don't fly the flag well then you must be anti-american but if you fly the flag well then you're this other extreme of which that like i would never be associated with if if there was a gun to my head the extreme of bigotry (laughs) and racism and yeah all of this stuff trying to take rights away and exclude types of people just because they're different than you are and In my mind, that's what, quote unquote, being American was. And that that made me angry when you said that, because they don't have the right to take that away from me. They don't have the right to take my pride in my country away because they've, you know, gone so extreme. So I am proud to be from America. I am proud of what this country could stand for. And it breaks my heart to see what's happening here. And I hope that. I hope that it the people in power that can do something about it do something about it. Yeah. Because I can't. They tell me to vote. They tell me all I can do is vote and I vote and it still all goes to shit. So. <laughs> yeah, it's not uh it's not the uh, yeah. I mean, if you don't vote, in my opinion, you have no right to complain. And, Agreed. And uh I mean, cuz literally if if you don't vote, things happen. You didn't have you yeah. didn't you took your choice out of the matter and that's your you have zero yeah. right to complain about anything. But if you vote and things don't go the way you think they should based on your vote and based on the results, then absolutely, like, you have a full right to complain. I mean, voting is the bare minimum we have to, as a member of society to try to take any control or any action. Yeah. So all that to say, yep. happy Memorial Day. Yep. I am, again, so <clears throat> grateful for those who put their lives on the line. We remember those who lost their lives today on Memorial Day. Yep. That is what it's about. It's not a platform for politics. You know, it nope. is just a thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice and to your families and their loss and just thank you. 
and and I come from a family that is deeply entrenched in the military. Uh, huge respect for the military. My grandfather, my uncle, my cousin, uh, my grandfather's brothers, all of them, all of them in the army or in the Marines. Uh, mm-hmm. My uncle was in the Navy and in the army. Um, ton of respect for the military. I I respect them so much more than I respect our government. Well, yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Um, you know, and uh, they put their lives out on the line. Um, and uh, some of them. I mean, they, some of them are in the line of fire. Some of them are not. There are some that, that they don't experience the line of fire and their, their job in the military is just like a regular job. They get up, they put on their clothes and they, they go and do a job and then they go home. Some of them get out there and they, they get on the front lines and they never come home the same. And some of them never come home at all. Yeah. And, uh, I will always have a huge ton of respect for the military and anybody who served, uh, thank you so much for your sacrifice because you did something that I could not. Yeah. And Um, my, my grandpa was also in the army and my mom always goes to his grave on veterans day and Memorial day. They're there right now putting flowers and just in their own, you know, remembrance of, you know, we're lucky he did not, you know, die in battle. We were able to experience our life with him, but at the same time, he, he sacrificed. He he got shot. He didn't come back the same. He had he got the purple heart and had to come home. So you know. Yeah. Oh, and and I forgot. Also, my grandmother served in the military yeah. as well. That's where she met my grandpa. Uh, yeah. You have a very big military family. Very. Like my grandpa, all of his. Uh, I don't think his sister joined the military, but all three of his brothers and him joined the military. And then his oldest brother, I believe, after he got out of the military, he went on to become a New York cop. Okay. Um, and he then, you know, retired as a New York cop. He spent a lot of years on the force. So, um, a lot of respect there. Yeah. A lot of respect for the military. No matter what you might think about anything, you have to have some respect for people who put their lives on the line for you, for this country. Yes. Because as Steven said, it's not something I could do. Yep. So thank you. Yep. Uh, what's next? Um, oh, last week, my friend, so my friend, um, Cassie, shout out to Cassie. She makes these necklaces. So she's got an Etsy store and we'll tag it. It's called Baymere Dreams. It started with her making horse faces. So trying to make them in the color of your horse and, you know, the, and I said to her, you know, if you ever do paws, let me know. And she started making paws. So she made me a paw necklace in the color of Sophia, like blending the colors together and making, you know. Yeah. So I have that. That was sweet. She sent that to me. Um, we got I think like I got week, it. A little yeah. over a week ago. Yeah, I got it about a week ago. And it was so cute. Her packaging is cute she's got little thank you cards she's her little logo and everything like it's really cool so if you are a horse lover or a dog lover check out the baymere dream store on etsy and like i said we will tag it and i'll i'll show some pictures of it i've gotten tons of compliments on the necklace since i've worn it so yeah and when we saw her in october i told her i was like man i was like if you if if we ever do if you ever make anything you know, that's in, in our area, like, you know, we'll cross promote, do a little thing. And that's yeah. kind of what we're doing now. Well, it's yeah, just she's on Etsy. So yeah. Etsy's, you know, every, everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So <clears throat> that was cool. And I think that came at a time it was needed. If you guys recall, I was talking about on the last episode, um, being very stressed out, um, having some stuff going on. And, you know, some some things have gotten better. Yeah, I mean, things have definitely gotten better. Your sarcasm is back a little bit more. <laughs> you were coming at me this weekend with some stuff and and surprising me like normal with being quick and witty. It's it, yeah. it's it it's not the stress and 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 anxiety and stuff like that doesn't just go away overnight. Sometimes it doesn't go away in a couple of days. Sometimes it takes some time. You know. I think so. that's the weird thing for me is like some things have gotten better. There's a there's a couple things, some work stuff that I still have to kind of figure out. But I think that having come off of a level of anxiety that is hitting me harder, if that makes sense, because my body still has like this residual coming down from what it was, um, I still get like these little waves of anxiety that I just didn't, don't know really how to process. Like, I'm like, okay, so I'm feeling better. And, you know, I was, you know, got some 
things are good, but at the same time, like it is not like a switch when you're anxious over something or you're, you've got like a certain something that's happening. Even if you get good news, even if things are okay, it's like it. you were so tightly wound that it takes time to come down. So I was glad to have this holiday weekend. And, you know, we saw my parents on Saturday, like I said, and we're having, you know, Sunday and today just at home doing our stuff and treating Monday kind of like our Sunday podcasting meal, prepping all that stuff. Yeah. But it's just, it's an odd feeling to not feel like yourself completely. Yeah. And to be in the moments and feeling like yourself and having conversations and all of a sudden just getting like a pang of like, oh, what is that? I don't know. I feel weird. So. Yep. So I think everyone can really relate to that. And I downloaded, um, it was recommended to me, the Calm app. I don't know if anyone's ever used that. But it's kind of cool. Little like meditation stuff, little breathing stuff, little activities, little like tracking things. And I don't know. I feel like it, it. when you're feeling a little bit out of control in your mind, it gave me a little sense of trying to get some of that control back. Yeah. Yeah, I know um, that works for a lot of people. Um, I know for myself, I always end up using music Yeah. of some sort. Um, yeah. Could be heavy metal could be screaming could be the most calmest mellowest music it it just has to it has to be something to take me out of whatever i'm in yeah you know could be anything for you yeah i think my biggest problem that i'm experiencing right now is staying in the present yep i don't know how you guys do it like if you guys have any tips to stay in the present i was listening to on calm a sleep story narrated by one mr matthew mcconaughey (laughs) and there was a little girl it was about a little girl and she woke up in the night and went outside and saw her grandfather like stargazing with his telescope and she's talking to him and she's like i worry about this and that and all the stuff that can happen and all these things and he said to her Whatever can ha- whatever might happen in the future can't happen now. We're in the present. It can't happen. So you can't worry about it. Yep. Too, you can't worry about it too much because it'll never be right now. You'll worry yourself out of the present. And before you know it, you'll be in that future and you'll have missed the present. But like whatever happens in the future can't happen now. So I've been working really hard to try to stay present in the moment. Yep. Even with work, with work stress, you know, it's like... At the end of the day, like like today, Stephen's like, focus on today. We've got things to do. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And I'm like, does tomorrow take care of itself? Like, don't I have Absolutely. to? Don't I have to like do something about it too? Like to help it take care of itself. <laughs> tomorrow will show up when it's time. You don't have to rush yeah. it. There's no need to get there. You're here. Yeah. And uh, tomorrow will take care of itself. It's something my dad always told me. Tomorrow will take care of itself. It's just so weird because it's just, it's not like me, right? I mean, it's not. Like, I'm a worrier, I'm a planner and everything, but not in like a debilitating way where I get myself all like frozen up and like unable to like, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So weird. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah, it's just... uh, you gotta, it, it's different for each person, but. It is. Yeah. It is, but I am feeling better than I was when we recorded last week, so. Yeah. I'm happy about that. For sure. Yep. I can tell a difference. Myself, yeah. seeing you every day, I can definitely tell a difference. Yeah. So. He was like, oh, I'm glad that you're back. Maybe you could be back a little less. <laughs> I did say that on Saturday, because you were getting, uh, you were getting, you are getting, uh, what's a. Uh, Normal. Quippy. You know, quippy quipping quipping out some words there yeah i was like oh all right just tone it down tone it down oh, we don't God. need a hundred percent maybe just go with, <laughs> Wait. maybe just oh. go with like you know seven that's love y'all <laughs> we don't need you at a hundred percent let's keep a little bit of anxiety in there so we can keep you at a manageable level <laughs> thanks uh, yeah uh, good Anywho. times good times what do we yeah, got? so I don't know if we've got anything else going on, any other new stuff. I think <clears throat> that's it. Um, it was nice being over my parents on Saturday. Um, I don't think we really did. We did a hike yesterday. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was nice. That was a good idea. We, Where we live, we're right by Heinz 
Heinz Drive, Heinz Park for anyone in the area. It's sort of like a little cutout in the city with yeah. trails and makes you feel like you're in the country even though you're in the city. Yeah. So we uh drove over there with Soph and we took a walk down the road and in the hiking paths and like it was really nice. I think we were probably gone about an hour. Wore her out. We did. Which was great. Poor thing. She was dragging getting back to the car. I was like, Am I gonna have to pick her up? Yeah. But... And she won't drink water like while we're there. Like she just now started drinking water on a road trip to Tennessee. In the car. Yeah. Barely. Barely. And, and we have to like set it out for her and turn our heads like we're not paying attention and wait to hear lapping noises. Yep. But the first like five times we drove down to Tennessee, she wouldn't drink it. So she won't drink it like on a walk. She barely took a sip when we got back to the car. She's funny. Yeah, she is funny. She will not drink if you're staring at her. She won't eat her food if you're staring no. at her. Nope. Do not engage. If she goes near a food bowl and water bowl, do not engage. Dogs are funny. Like, I've been ready to leave the house, and she starts eating, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to leave now, because if I leave, she won't eat. Yeah. She's an odd little duck. Yeah. But, yeah, that was nice. We barbecued yesterday. We, I think we just had, like, an extra Saturday, which was cool. Yeah. Like, we cho- we treated Sunday as our extra Saturday and Monday as our Sunday, so... It was yeah. just kind of nice having that long weekend. Yeah. So. Yeah, three-day weekends are always a good deal. Yep, and that means this week only a four-day work week, which is always nice. And Woo-hoo. we got stuff coming up this week. We got a concert on Friday. Yep. We're going to see Dirk Bentley. I haven't seen Dirk Bentley in years. I haven't seen Dirk Bentley in ever. So for you people who know country music, the last time I saw Dirk Bentley, Luke Bryan opened for him. And Luke Bryan... All Things Considered is probably a, is a bigger stadium sellout tour than Dirk Bentley. I myself prefer Dirk Bentley much more than Luke Bryan, but nonetheless. I myself can't stand Luke Bryan. Yes. I have many reasons, uh, but uh, one is his his voice annoys me to, yeah. to no end. I cannot stand the sound of his voice. So even when he shows up on like a Dirk Bentley song or a Darius Rucker song, I'm like, ugh, we could have done without him. But a voice we do like is Dirk Bentley. Yes, and so open and opening for Dirk Bentley is uh, Jordan Davis, who's he's newer. He's got like two albums, I think, and an EP. But he is newer, and uh, he's his stuff sounds pretty good. And then a bluegrass uh, bluegrass artist, Molly Tuttle. I got to listen to a little bit of her before we go. Yeah, like her stuff. Her stuff is full on bluegrass. Like it sounds good. So I'm excited yeah, for that. So that's Friday, and that'll be cool. Yeah, and the day before that, we're going to see End of the Spider-Verse, yep. the sequel to, well, no, it's uh, Across the Spider-Verse, sorry, the sequel to End of the Spider-Verse. And Stephen has a full day of getting tatted up on Saturday, Woo! so you guys can hear all about that on our next episode. But Oh, yeah. For now, yeah. What do we got? We got some... Hey! <laughs> Woo, Kazoon Heights. Sorry, everybody. We don't have a we don't have a mute button on our mics, so you get um, you get sneezes all. I didn't even know a mute button was a possibility. So if I did have it, you still would have got that sneeze because I didn't know about it. Yeah, I uh, I mean there is a mute button, but I'm not messing with it. Anyway, moving forward, album, got anniversaries. Some album anniversaries. You bet. Uh, so this week we got we got quite a few artists. Their first album is on an anniversary, and I'm pretty excited about that Yeah, he it's told, a good number. He told me this yesterday, and he kept listing people, and I'm like, wow, what are the odds that all of these first albums are anniversary the same day? Yep, so everything takes place between May 30th and June 5th. Ugh. I love saying that because her eyes roll I rolled my head. eyes for all of you who are also like, no kidding, Stephen. <laughs> uh, so first up on the list, um, an album that is on its fourth year anniversary, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, The Traveler. Um, good blues album. Uh, he played a couple of songs off of that when we saw him live. Uh, but if you like some good old blues and rock and roll, man, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, the Eagles, nice. 51st year anniversary. Wow. From 1972, their first album titled The Eagles. It's amazing how much certain music just lives forever. Like, I could start singing 10 different Eagles songs right now. Yes. Like, it's... What's the first Eagle song that comes to your mind? Um, 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 Peaceful Easy Feeling. First one for me was Take It Easy. Take It Easy is the first song off their okay. very first album. That's my favorite Eagle song is Take It Easy. And then Love I it. always think Desperado, but that's also because of Seinfeld. So yeah. it's like a whole thing. Um, so we had Take It Easy, Witchy Woman, 
Um, That's why I tell my mom she's witchy woman. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Eagles first album, rocking a rocking a fifty first year anniversary. It's crazy. Nice. Um, two albums came out on the same day, June first, nineteen ninety nine, rocking twenty four years. Blink one eighty two's Enema of the State, mm. which is all the small things. Um, Visually beautiful album title. Oh my gosh, it's great. I love Blink-182. That's the album that got me listening to them. Oh, I saw them in um, concert. They were great. Um, and Back actually, before, you know, tickets were $500 and everyone sucked. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is just not... Uh, that's not how we like to do things in this family. We don't like to pay for those type of uh, ticket prices. No. Um, but, uh, sorry, it's... Uh, what's my age again? Ah. Uh, yeah. Nobody loves you when you're 23. Like... Yeah. What a, what a great song. Anyways, and All the Small Things and Adam's song. They had quite a few hits off of that album. Yep. Um, also on the same day, Brad Paisley's first album, Who Needs Pictures? Mm. Does it have ticks? No, that's oh. the one that has uh, Me Neither. Oh, okay. Um, let me see. Let me pull it up real quick. Me Neither is a funny song. Uh, yeah, let's see. It has Me Neither on it. He's like going up to the girl and he's like, hey, do you want to dance? Do you want? And she's like, no. And he's like, me neither. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> like it's so clever. Yeah, it's a very clever song. Um, but yeah, good stuff. And it's from 1999, so he's he's rocking the 90s country with it, and it's fantastic. Mm. It's what I like. 90s about. country is a lost is lost. It's it was good. Yeah, and it's it's something that I really like about Brad Paisley because even his last album that he put out, you know, a few years ago, has still has yeah. that sound to it. It's it's good stuff. Um, one of my favorite bands that I tend to talk about a lot and have uh, all of their albums, Project, Project 86, released nice. Songs to Burn Your Bridges By, um, which there's a lot uh, a lot of story that went into this album because they moved record labels and they ended up being independent and they released this independent and then they got re-signed back to another label and re-released it again. Um, but it has arguably uh, probably their most popular song, which is called The Spy Hunter, mm. um, which is a fantastic song. Um and, uh, yeah, so that came out in 2004. Um, another artist with her first album, an ar- artist that uh, Jess and I like a lot that I was hoping to see this year, but I will not be seeing this year, and that is Luke Combs, This One's mm-hmm. For You. Yeah. You saw him live. I did. I saw him on his, like, first, like, headlining tour in 2019. He was great. Yeah. Uh, this is the album that has uh, uh, Nothing Picks Me Up Like a Beer Can. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, my favorite song of his, which is honky tonk highway. It's a great way to end the album. The deluxe version has more songs, but the original album is only 12, 12 songs. And, uh, it's, it's totally Brooks and Dunn. And that's what got me into liking Luke Combs. When I heard that song, I was like, oh man, I mean, this, if you're driving down the road and you need like a good honky tonk song to drive to put on honky tonk highway, it's fantastic, man. But he's a clever songwriter. Uh, like him a lot. Hope to see him live one day. Um, one of my favorite bands, 68, uh, released their second album, Two Parts Viper. Um, it's just guitar and drums, like an old school. It's not White Stripes, but uh, it's kind of heavier than that. Um, cool. But they also pay tribute to a lot of like Nirvana style as far as like the way they record and stuff, which is cool. Um, the Wu-Tang Clan mm-hmm. released their third album, Wu-Tang Forever, which was a huge double album. Um, and that one's rocking 26 years. Oh, wow. Man, they've been around forever. Uh, another first, Marin Morris released Hero, her first album, which has got... Um, uh, 80s Mercedes. 80s Mercedes. Rich. 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 Oh, my gosh. I love Rich. I love it. It's my favorite song by her. I love yeah. it. It's so, it's so great, man. <laughs> she's another one that's a very, very clever songwriter. Yeah, she's great. She's great live, too. Um, 27-year-old Load by Metallica. That, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy that Load is that old. What's crazy, too, is that Metallica is just headlining two nights at, like, Ford Field in Detroit. Like, they're still, you got albums that are 27, 30 years old, and you're still headlining two nights for an astronomical cost that I would never pay unless you were Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Don't get me started on that. I mean, it's crazy. Like, I've heard, like, watched interviews with them, and they're like, they they are still blown away by the fact that they can step away from the mic and not even sing. Yeah. And the crowd takes care of everything. Do they still put out new albums? 
Yeah. Okay. I yeah, don't they know. put out a new one this year, I thought. I'm like one of those people that like once I kind of stop listening to new stuff, I just assume the bands are done. And yeah. then if I'm going to see them, Steven has to be like, you know, they've got new albums, right, too, that they're going to play, not just. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, yeah. let me think about it then. Yeah, they put out a new album in April called uh, 72 Seasons. Mm. Um, but yeah, Load, we're talking Until It Sleeps, Hero of the Day. Oh, I'm familiar, yes. Yeah, I mean, Load was, man, Load was such a good album. And that was my formative years in the mid-90s. Mm. When I started getting into heavier music, which was cool. Yeah. Um, and then to round out our album anniversaries with another first from 2001, celebrating 22 years, A Little Room for Squares by John Mayer. Ah, uh, always got to get some Mayer in there no matter what. I feel like I should have said it breathy because that was breathy John Mayer. I don't think you should do that again. <laughs> that was probably good for that. Uh, Jared and I always make fun of the fact that John Mayer on his first albums always sounded like really breathy. Yeah, like Body is a Wonderland yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what's on this album was Body is a Lon- oh. Wonderland, um, Come Back to Bed. You know what like- song I hate by him? Not just um, that sob rock crap, but <laughs> that I'm going to run through the halls of my high school. I'm going to scream out the double doors or whatever. Oh, that's Gosh, a great song. What a douchey song. That's a great song. Ugh. But the- that's on that's on the next album. That's Whatever. not that's not on this one. Um, but yeah, this one has got uh, uh, "Why Georgia," "My Stupid Mouth," "Body Is a Wonderland," "Neon." Um, I and- do like some of those, but that halls in my high school song. Oh, also, I hate that "Fathers Be Good to Your Daughter" song. That's also on the next album, not on this one. Yeah, a lot of girls don't like that song. Like, shut it, John. You don't know. You don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three by five. I mean, this album's full of stuff of which I've seen him live, and I think I've seen him play almost every single song on this. And the mm. four times I've seen him live, cool. Um, but the one song he's never played live is the last song off the album, at least that I've ever I've never seen him play it live, which is St. Patrick's Day. And I think it's clever, clever as hell, man. Mm. It's it's perhaps great. if you see him on St. Patrick's Day one year, maybe that'd mm. be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. And then he'll not play it, and then I'll be disappointed. Oh be the first time ever i'm disappointed at a john mayer show because that just never happens that dude's great phenomenal live well we didn't go so also overpriced and ridiculous uh yeah anyway that's your album anniversaries for march or may 30th through june 2nd no june 5th june 5th get it it right woman (laughs) i don't know i'm just making fun of you so it don't matter accuracy (laughs) doesn't matter when you're just making fun of somebody wow what a jerk all right, mm-hmm. so uh, moving into a uh, little bit more of what happened this weekend with some pay-per-views, yeah? There were three. There were three. No, uh, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it, but I'll hit each one of them. So we went to your parents, as we mentioned, Saturday for a pay-per-view. Uh, the WWE was in Saudi Arabia for Night of Champions. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, it was at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It was weird to see, like, two women in the stands. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Um, the You know, um, a lot of people, uh, sidebar, a lot of people get mad at WWE for going to Saudi Arabia. And, and it's like, the thing is, is that there's a lot of people that fill that stadium that have nothing to do with their government and want to enjoy watching wrestling, just like I would like to enjoy watching wrestling and can't stay in my government either. So... Um, well, it's definitely um, a cautionary tale of lack of separation of church and state. Yes, there is a lot of that going on. Um, anyway, sorry, that's not what we're talking about. But the first time they went to Saudi Arabia, there was no mention of women e- at all on the pay-per-view. And now they're at a point where they had three women's matches. Yeah, they didn't wrestle at all, right? They couldn't even... They couldn't even be on TV. Like yeah. At the time, uh, uh, Moxley's wife, Renee, was still with the company. And she was doing commentary. And she was not even allowed to be there on, on screen at all. That was five years ago. Yeah. So um, so now they had three women's matches, um, which... You don't need to introduce her as Moxley's wife. You could say Sorry. Renee, yeah. who's also married to a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, but anyhow, uh, speaking of uh, the women's matches, uh, Trish Stratus, 16 years out of the ring. She's maybe had one or two matches since then, and that woman can still go. Fantastic match with Becky. Uh, probably the best match they had on the card for the women, in my opinion. Um, and they just recently brought up from NXT Zoe Stark, and they paired Zoe Stark with Trish Stratus, and that's that's going to do wonders for her career because uh, Trish Stratus is one of the best women of all time in, in wrestling. So uh, that was cool. 
Um, but being in Saudi Arabia, they had uh, Mustafa Ali wrestle Gunther uh, mm-hmm. for the Intercontinental title. And when Mustafa Ali came out, he came out wearing his headdress uh, because he's Muslim. So he came out wearing his actual headdress, which yeah. was really cool because uh, we don't ever really see that um, in wrestling. Period. So here's my question on that. Is it... Is it good or bad that he wrestled? Because he doesn't... Does he wrestle that much? He does. Okay. He wrestles on Raw just about every single week. Okay. Um, he's, he's one Because I can't help but wonder, like, do they capitalize and use the people they have? I don't know. No. I mean... Most, or is it... Most of wrestles every week on okay. Raw. Um, he, he gets a spot every week on Raw now. Cool. Consistently for the last four or five months. Um, and, and they'll go through patches where they don't use him at all, and then he comes back and he's there yeah. for months. He's he's a great worker. He just doesn't have a, a gimmick that works for him right yeah. now. He doesn't have a character that like gets over very yeah. well. Um, but it was cool to see him be able to represent like his beliefs and stuff, which was yeah. cool because a lot of a lot of wrestlers get to represent their beliefs all the time. But yeah. for him to make the trip to Mecca and be able to do that in the same weekend, which was cool. Um, and then Sami Zayn in the main event. He came out wearing the full garb. Yeah. And Sami Zayn is Syrian, um, and he was also on his social media about making the trip to Mecca and and how special it was for him because he's been fighting for Syrian rights for a long time now. Um, And I guess they actually started peace talks, I guess, or some sort of of talks between the Syrians and the uh, Iraqis. So, um, but uh, I said Iraqis, and that's not correct. It's Saudi Arabia. But anyways, um, but seeing Sammy come out in full gear, which was really cool, and then he introduced himself speaking uh, yeah. speaking their language, which was cool. Um, and, man, that dude is just over. He's over. Every, everywhere they go, he gets one of the biggest pops of the night. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, of course, the main event was him and Kevin Owens defending their Undisputed Tag Team Championships against Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. And... Uh, we finally saw cracks in the bloodline. I think we saw a break in it. Yeah. We finally saw a chasm in the bloodline, a two-year story where Jimmy Uso finally had enough and super kicked Roman in the face twice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, man, and Paul Heyman deserves an Oscar. Pa- yeah. Paul Heyman, the way he sells everything, was just like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. he starts crying. Like, he's holding the beads. He's like, come he's on, my awesome. trouble, chief. Get up, my tribal chief! Oh my gosh! Uh, so yeah, that that event was great. Um, I, I, they didn't have a bad match. Also, Seth Rollins became the first uh, world heavyweight champion with their new title. Nice, beating AJ Styles in the very in the opening match. Which, I mean, one could make an argument for the fact that that might have been the best match on the card. Those two guys can go, man. They're two yeah. of, two of the best in the world. Um, <clears throat> that was Saturday. Yep. Then last night. Um, there was two pay-per-views at the same time of which I watched one in its entirety. And then I watched the second one after and finished it this morning. Um, AEW's double or nothing. Um, I fell asleep on the couch. Not their best pay-per-view. If I'm being honest, no, there was some good matches for sure. Um, but not their best pay-per-view. Um, just, I, I also think, like, leave Tony Khan in the back. Don't let him come out. Yeah. Don't ever let him come out and make an announcement. He looks like such a dweeb, man. He looks like <laughs> such a an, Ill, like, an idiot. He looks like he... I, I don't even know how to describe him. He doesn't look equipped to be... He doesn't seem equipped to be in his role, and he is not equipped to speak to people no he doesn't have it he can't do it he it's been years now when he hasn't gotten better no he shouldn't he should not be on tv with a mic oh my gosh horrible yeah it sort of like lowers the it just lowers the quality of aew because you see guys like jericho veterans in the business moxley danielson in this organization and it looks like it's ran by a little kid. Like I told Steven, if any of you remember the movie Little Big League, where <laughs> the kid's grandpa dies and he was like the owner of the Cubs or somebody, and the kid is now like the owner and the kid's like making choices and doing things, and that's what Tony Khan is. Yeah, he looks like somebody who got a, a big loan from his father and went and tried to, and he's trying to play with toys. Yeah, uh, in, in his toy box. 
Yeah. So maybe behind the scenes, he does things better, but know your strengths. Like, get a face of the company because it shouldn't be him. It should be somebody else. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um, so I guess, uh, mm, what matches could I mention from there? Uh, Christian versus Wardlow ladder match. Yeah, that was good. Christian's fantastic. The dude's wrestling in a turtleneck with no sleeves. Yeah. I mean, full on, like he might as well be like Starsky and Hutch as as you have mentioned several times. When he comes out. Um, like hilarious. Um, but he's, he's still one of the best workers in the business. Very super creative mind. Um, and their ladder match was great with Wardlow and, uh, Wardlow retained, which is a good, good match for him. Um, they had uh, Jade Cargill, who lost her, her TBS championship. She defended it successfully and got 60-0. and 0. Then got cocky. Got cocky and, and issued an open challenge on the pay-per-view. And I looked at Jess, and I was like, well, she's losing tonight, finally. Um, and uh, Chris Statlander came back, and uh, she lost to Chris Statlander in a very quick match. Yeah. Um, but uh, good good spot for Chris Statlander to come back and get that. And she got a pop. I will say Huge the, pop. the crowd was pretty dead at the AEW show. Like, And Steven was like, maybe they're just not mic'd well. And I'm like, no, look at them. Like, You can see that people are actively not cheering and not clapping and just kind of like being there. Like, yeah. Most people came out to crickets. Like Chris Statlander, they popped for her. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm actually hearing. Yep. A crowd, but they didn't make any noise for Jade, for Ty. They didn't make noise for most of the people that came out. I mean, Adam Cole and Jericho, their match was second on the card, and and they got they both got a pop yeah. when they came out. Um, Sabu came out with uh, uh, Adam Cole. For those of you who might be old ECW fans, uh, Sabu showed up for a small amount of time. But it was qui- I mean, it was quiet for the most part. Man, I think. Yeah, they just did, they didn't get the they didn't get the pop. No. Um, and, and some of the matches were good. Um, but I mean, I, I tuned in to watch Adam Cole and Jericho that, yeah. those, that match and Christian and Wardlow, those were the matches I cared about. And Jade Cargill, uh, defending her title against Ty Val- Valkyrie. Those, those were the matches I cared about and those matches were good. Um, the other matches were fair to Midland serviceable. I mean, there was a lot of good spots in those matches and stuff like that, but just like some of it was just, I don't know, the creative's just not there for me. Yeah. I enjoy watching wrestling and I enjoy watching the show, um, but it's not, I don't know, it's not totally worth mentioning for me. Um, Then I turned around and watched NXT and man, NXT, so much better. It's insane. It's insane to me. Um, there was a time where NXT and AEW went head to head on Wednesday nights. And when you looked at the viewerships, AEW beat them consistently by 200,000 fans, 300,000 fans. And during that time, NXT had the better product and I just didn't understand it. And last night that was the same thing. Their pay-per-view was better. Their matches were better, better quality matches, better told stories, better creative. Yeah. Um, not that the talent was better, uh, cause some of the talent is still young talent. But just they have, they I have, think... they have, they have a crew at NXT that's led by Shawn Michaels and Matt Bloom, and I, the level of expertise is insane. I think NXT is tight. They 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 tighten up back there. Yes. Whereas AEW is messy. Yeah. There's a lot about AEW that's like sloppy and messy. There's a lot that is repetitive. There's a lot that is just. Like, oh, that's that just sounds messy. That looks messy. Like, that's super cheap heat. Like, that's the cheapest heat you can possibly get. Anybody can get heat like that. Whereas, like, NXT, it's tight. It's professional. It They yeah. can talk to each other, but it's done well. You can tell that AEW, that a lot of their wrestlers have input on all of their stuff. Too much. Too much. And with NXT, you can tell that they run, as she said, a tight ship. They yeah, run their creative. Their people might have some input on it, but it's very controlled. Yeah, and that's what makes AEW just look messy. And uh, so Wes Lee came out and defended his title against Joe Gacy and Tyler Bate. Um, and man, those three guys are so good in the ring. So good in the ring. They told a great story. Um, and Wesley now has the record for defending the North American Championship uh, the most amount of times and winning, which is cool. Um, and man, I just, I love Wesley. Wesley's one of my favorite wrestlers to watch right now. The dude is just so good. He sells well. His moves are like, he's athletic. Um, but man, it was a good match. Um, let's see. I watched, 
Dijak versus Dragonoff in a last man standing, and you want to talk about physical. Dragonoff is from Russia, and he fights in that uh, British European strong style. Um, very physical, and Dijak is a is a big guy that just um, just knows how to be physical as well. And boy, I mean, they beat the hell out of each other. It was a great match. Um, <clears throat> the uh, finals for the women's championship uh, tournament: Tiffany Stratton versus uh, Lyra. And uh, man. Tiffany Stratton won the title as deserved as most of us expected to happen. Um, the tournament was made for her, um, and she is over now. She got a reaction. She got booed when she came out. She got a little bit of cheers when she won, but she got a reaction when she won. Like there was a good mix of boos and cheers because she's a heel, so she's got to get booed. But she is the quintessential um, daddy's girl whose dad pays for everything, and she you know, cries if she doesn't get her way type of character. And it's fantastic. Female Tony Khan, except she can pull it off. <laughs> yeah. She normally, at first, when I first couple of times I saw her, I'm like, oh, this girl's no, nothing special, nothing different. But I actually do like her because she, she makes you believe it. Like she, there's a lot of people who can't pull off their characters who you yep. feel like it just, I'm not believing it. Yeah. But she's got her her voice. She yeah. she turns her voice to sound like a like a I don't know like just like a whiny a whiny daddy's girl. Yeah, it's great. Um, so she won, and it, their their women's division now is going to get interesting with her holding the title. I think I think yeah. it'll be fun. Um, and then Carmelo Hayes because uh, they were in, uh, in a town outside of Boston. So um, Carmelo Hayes is from the Boston area. He's an NXT champion uh, defending in a, a rematch against Braun Breaker, who is a heel now. And that dude gets a reaction when he comes out now. He yeah. gets full on booed, which is good. He's better as a heel. Yes, he is. Um, him being a babyface was not working. I said that a year ago. It wasn't working. And when they turned him heel, he gets a reaction every time he comes out now. His cockiness that he had when he was a babyface, it works now because he's cocky as a heel when that's what you need. Um, and he's just, he's good in the ring. Like, he's hes a safe worker. Um, <clears throat> I mean, granted, we are we are watching him grow up in the ring because all of his matches we've seen. All of his matches have been uh, televised. At least 95% of them have been televised. So we're watching this dude grow up in the ring, and he has made a lot of progress. hes He's getting more entertaining to watch with this heel run. I like it. Um, but uh, Carmelo, man, Carmelo's fantastic. I can't say enough about Carmelo, man. He is athletic as hell, charismatic, um, and the people love him. When he comes out, he get, he got the biggest pop of the night. Nice. So, um, so yeah, I would say in regards to uh, how I would say they ranked, I would say Night of Champions, and then I would say Battleground, and then it's a double or nothing. Because it's there. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's it's nothing against AEW. It's just, um, it's like what we said. It feels like it's chaos over yeah. there. And there's, it, it, chaos it, is a good word for it. It does feel like chaos. It, there's, no, there's no flow to what they do. And that's no. a big missing problem with their yeah. element is they don't know how to flow their program. And, and he's doing, he's starting a new, another show on Saturday nights now coming up. And is Rampage going to be done or is that still happening? Rampage, Dark, and Dark, well, Dark and Dark Elevation have quietly been canceled. And I'm pretty sure Rampage is going to get canceled and it's going to move to Saturdays for a two-hour show collision, which I originally was like, this is a terrible idea to do a Saturday show. But I grew up watching Saturday Night Main Event that was NWA that turned into eventually WCW. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that's going to work now. Like, we're not going to spend our Saturday nights watching that. I have zero interest in watching a Saturday wrestling show. I will DVR it every week. I don't yeah. care who shows up. I don't care what the match is. There is less than less than a 5% chance that I watch one of those live. Yeah. That's just me. I'm not doing I'm not spending my Saturday doing that unless it's a pay-per-view. Well, we've got a few minutes left. As you guys know, Steven likes to make me watch all the movies I've never watched. <laughs> I was so proud of never seeing Star Wars, and that was ruined when I got with Steven. And another movie or set of movies that he couldn't believe I'd never seen was I'll Be Back. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. Terminator. 
So we watched the first three Terminators, which yeah. apparently I didn't know. It's like you can watch one. What is it? One. And then it goes two, three no. or one, two. No, 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 no. Let me, yeah. let me just stop you before you mess one, this two, up. One, two, three or one, two, four, five, six. <laughs> no. Um, you can watch one and two and then you have a choice of how you watch the rest. You either watch it three, four, five, six or you can watch number five, or you can watch number six, and then go back and watch three and four later. Basically, they just got it all fudged up on there. It's because of who made them. It's because yeah. James Cameron made the fa- first two, and then he didn't have anything to do with uh, movies three and four. He produced, helped produce number five, and then he was heavily involved with number six because he got the rights back for it. So it, it it's all of so that. So it's like but different storylines. But so far we've watched storyline one through three. One through three, which I, I feel I still feel like the best way to watch it is to watch them in order. Which I'm sure is what we'll do. Yes. But not bad. Not bad. I mean, um, I actually liked the first one. And... I think I liked the second one. It was funny because Edward Furlong, his first acting role is in the second one. <laughs> and I expected him to be in the third one as well. Yep. And when it opens, I'm like, I don't remember that. I don't remember Edward Furlong looking like that. Like that doesn't look like. And it's Nick Stahl. It's Nick Stahl. But Nick Stahl and Edward Furlong kind of look alike. Yeah, a little bit. They have the same kind of look, but I'm like, I liked the third one. It was, I will, the one thing I will say about the third one is it is go, go, go the entire time. It is straight up 100% action. I think there's maybe like a handful of scenes for just a couple minutes that are like downtime scenes. Like you've got Claire Danes in it, um, which I really liked her in, surprisingly. I've never seen her in something like that. Yeah. Uh, you had uh, Christina Loken playing the TX. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned, Nick Stahl playing John Connor, mm-hmm. and then Arnold Schwarzenegger coming back as uh, the Terminator. Yeah, the T one, the T one hundred one. But it was good. Um, the Arnold Schwarzenegger storyline is interesting because I'm like, well, how is this gonna all work out? Because he's, you know, Terminator. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, dystopian future tale, people coming back in time to try to save the dystopian future. Yeah. I wish somebody would come back in time now to save this dystopian future. <laughs> um, the the first movie, uh, so the se- years of separation here, we have 1984 for The Terminator, uh, Terminator 2 being 1991, uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, mm-hmm. Terminator 3 in 2003 being t- Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. Mm-hmm. So that's the first trilogy that we have watched. Um, <clears throat> Michael Bean. In the original Terminator. I love Michael Bean. I think Michael Bean was an underrated actor playing Kyle Reese. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, I think he, I don't think he gets enough credit. He's also, for those of you who know your uh, tombstone, he's uh, um, uh, Val Kilmer's enemy in that one where he's like, uh, I'll be your Huckleberry. And he says that to Michael Bean because Michael Bean's the, is the antagonist in that movie. We got to see that movie again. I haven't yeah. seen that in years. Tombstone is so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Michael Bean has these parts in movies that a lot of people don't really remember him being in them, but he's, he plays a good bad guy, but in this particular movie for the Terminator, he's not the bad guy. No, he is not. Um, and of course, Linda Hamilton can't go, you can't go wrong watching the first two Terminator movies and seeing Linda Hamilton be a badass, especially in, in Judgment Day. Yeah. You, You, the first introduction to her that you get She's got her bed in this psych ward turned up on its side, and she's doing pull-ups. Yeah. And I'm like, I never. I worked out for three years straight in the gym. I never got that ripped. I've never been able to do a pull-up, even when I was in the best shape that I've Ooh. ever been in. Maybe. Oh, my gosh. She's- maybe we'll try that. We'll work towards that. My goal <laughs> will be to be able to pull this body up. Um, also, uh, we had uh, Joe Morton. In, yeah. Uh, Judgment Day. I always think of him from Speed. Yep. Because he's the captain in Speed. Yep. Um, and then uh, playing the psychiatrist, uh, Mr. Silberman is Earl Earl uh, Bone. B B O N E. How do you say Bone? I would. Ooh. It's spelled like Bone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those three movies, I think they're fantastic. I think Terminator Two: Judgment Day is arguably one of the greatest sequels of all time. Yeah, it was good. Um, soundtrack for it's great. Um, you get, um, you get action, you get a little bit of drama and you get, you get something with the, uh, with John Connor's character that I didn't expect out of this movie, um, which is that he's kind of an outcast. 
He does, yeah. his, his mom's moved him around a bunch. His mom got herself caught, and so she's in an insane asylum. So he's in the system. Yeah. And you you just you have this kid who's just out there, you know, stealing money from an ATM because he's just trying to find where his existence is, and he has really like one friend. And then enter the T one oh one Arnold Schwarzenegger who's, you know, there to save his life and he finally gets somebody who he feels like cares about him and it's all violence and drama from yeah. there on out and it's it's an interesting tale for that character for What's, that kid. What I find interesting is that each movie there's a new progression of the functionality of the terminators. Which is ironic to me because the whole point is like trying to go back in time to stop it. And yet somehow they're still advancing in every movie and there's harder and harder to stop. But I don't get how that works if it's going to the same future. It works because the machines, well, so in the future they send back the first T-101, Arnold Schwarzenegger, to kill Sarah Connor. Doesn't happen. Doesn't work. Spoiler alert. Um, in Judgment Day. So they're um, trying to build better technology to get rid of her. In Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which we have not mentioned, Robert Patrick, the T-1000. He's great as a maniacal robot. Um, he's more advanced. The machines, uh, obviously, in their present, being in the future, have yeah. advanced their machinery and went, okay, so sending a T-101 didn't work, so we'll send back a T-1000. So they sent back a T-1000 to save Judgment Day, uh, which Judgment Day is when the machines take over. Okay, I gotcha. That so, makes sense. So as as the story progresses in the present, it so progresses in the future, and so that's why you get an update in the third movie of a TX. Uh, and Christi- uh, Christina? Christiana? Oh, boy, I'm bad with her name. Uh, yeah. It's Christina. Christina Loken being a TX yeah. and being further advanced. And also, the, uh, for lack of a better word, the Resistance only having access to a T-101. Yeah. So they never get the advanced technology to send back, so they're still sending back the first Terminator, which is still serviceable. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah. we'll be watching uh, starting next week. I'll be getting into four, I believe. Yep. Yep, so. we're getting four, uh, four, eventually five, and eventually six. I like the Terminator movies. I think they're great. What I didn't know prior to us doing this rewatch until I got online is that uh, <clears throat> they are uh, connected to the Matrix, which I have always wanted them to be. Um, but I'll let you guys do your own uh, research on that um, because in a later podcast, when we're done with the Terminator series, I'll get more into that. But... Um, they're connected to the Matrix, which is really cool. Cool. Um, <clears throat> but all yeah. right. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Hope that you all have enjoyed a long weekend if you got one, a regular weekend if you have that. Again, <laughs> happy Memorial Day to everyone out there. Happy Memorial Day. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, WordPress, all that jazz, wherever you get your podcasts, like, listen, subscribe. Leave Thank, a comment. Leave a comment. Thank you for listening. I believe that's all we can say this week. Bye, y'all.